That can start the mark of my recording. Yeah, that, that's a nice marker. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> no I hit the button right when he did that, so <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> Noted. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to episode 15 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. This week, the regular crew... Although not in quite in our normal locations, is joined by Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. No problem. It's I was looking forward to this. How hard was that not to say Mining Gazette there? Uh, not too bad, since I had it written on the screen for me. I type it up beforehand so I don't screw those things up. Uh, before we get going, we added three more patrons this week to hit our goal of 20 to start the monthly recruiting podcast. Thanks to Tom Leonard, Matt Todd, and Eric Jeske. We'll be starting the monthly recruiting podcast in March, thanks to these first 20 patrons. If you'd like to join them and listen to the monthly recruiting episodes, plus support the podcast and Tech Hockey Guide, please check out patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. I believe our first episode, I'm already planning to do an interview with our probably our top incoming recruit, Carson Bantle. Uh, this week we're going to discuss NMU and Michigan Tech with Ryan Stieg, the state of the WCHA, the CCHA news, which I'm sure we'll all have some fun with, and MTU's home ice prospects. Plus, I've got a trivia question this week for the other three guys, since Dustin was a little bit busy, busy traveling to figure one out. We'll see how you guys do. And we've got some questions this week. Anything big I'm missing, guys? I, nope. I think there's a lot. <laughs> All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and start with Ryan Stieg and talk about the Wildcats. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, welcome back. But before we get started on NMU, I actually had a couple things that I wanted to talk about that don't really fit anywhere else. So the first thing that was kind of brought to all of our attention at Tech Hockey Guide on our Slack chat was our very own Matt Cavender made it extremely clear to all of us that there was an emergency goaltender situation going on in Toronto over the weekend. I'm sure you all heard about it. Joe, it even made it on the Joe show this morning or this week. What do you guys think of all that with Mr... David Ayers. The emergency goalie stuff is, I think, the coolest thing in, in like professional sports. It, it's just neato. I think so, too. I didn't think that we're going to talk about this, but I'm glad that we are <laughs> because this is one of those stories that is just fun. You know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those stories that when else can you have something like this happen? That a Zamboni driver goes into the game to play for the other team. Right, yeah. Not only yeah, not only is he, play, is he jumping in, he's playing against his hometown team, against the <laughs> right. team he is a fan of, and, and he the beats them. <laughs> and beats them, yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was it was great. I, I thought it was not. I, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was. Uh, it's just one of those great feel-good stories that uh, that you get from sports every once in, once in a while that it, it just makes you – remember why you you love sports so much did you guys hear the the umd connection to it all I, no no i did not hear that the emergency goalie was wearing is it cascasuos marley's pads oh really no that's whose pads he was wearing for the game was actually cascasuos uh toronto marley's pads so that was kind of cool well, i think my favorite part of the comments on the joe show about it were if andre sumas was to have to 
you know, jump in as the Zamboni driver at the Guinness. He said he guaranteed that it wouldn't have been the same result for the home team. Andre let a few slide more slide by yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and this has happened a few times, and I love the fact that those guys go out there, and he's a Toronto guy, and yet he went out there and won it for the Hurricanes. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. I you mean, I remember when it happened, what, with the Blackhawks had that happen not that long ago? Yeah, the Blackhawks had it happen. It was last year, wasn't it? I think so. Last year or the year before, not too long ago. Didn't it happen to the Hurricanes once before, like a couple of years ago too? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I know the, the guy that got called up in this game, this is the second time he's been dressed for emergency goaltending responsibilities. He dressed for the, the is it the Charlotte Checkers against the Marlies in a game? But he didn't, he didn't get to play in that one. So, no, I thought it was really cool. And then, like, the, the way the team has responded to it. I mean, the, the Hurricanes are, like, the perfect team for this to happen to, the way that they act on social media and everything else. And and then all their, what are they called, the Hurricane? What do they call those things they do at the end of the games? Or they did last year in the regular season? Do you know what I'm talking about, Rob? No. I have no idea. I don't watch the NHL at all. <laughs> They played like a game of dodgeball after the game was over on the ice and stuff, and they do all those uh, title surge or something. Oh, okay. Where they have all these little like mini things that kind of get the fans to stick to stick around to the end, and it's kind of cool that just the way they do things there. And I love the fact that like some of the players told the guy, you know, we uh, we don't care if you give up ten goals, just go have fun. And and he got to have his moment, and he he did well with it. So that's pretty awesome. Anything else you want to add, Ryan? Well, um, the storm surge, yeah, I think, is what it's about. But it, uh, yeah, it's, it's a blast. They have some really creative stuff, and I thought, and then you know, bunch of jerks thing that Don Cherry did. <laughs> I got that thrown in. Yeah, no, I love the the bunch of jerks stuff too. Yeah, so on to a little bit more of Ryan's discussion here. We can kind of catch up on how NMU season has gone. With the uh, with their fearless leader, Grandpa Tony, is what uh, everybody seems to call him on our Discord <laughs> chat. Um, I am not afraid to say that it took me a little while to get that one, but it is funny. I have no idea where it came from. I was trying to figure out who came up with it so I could give credit, but nobody knows. It's funny, though. How's it going, Ryan? I'm doing good. I, this is, I'm glad to be participating, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think of NMU so far this year? This is a team that's, to be honest, hard to figure out. I've I've been covering them for six years, and this year is a team where I'll look at them and say, this is a team that I think could beat anybody in college hockey. And then they'll play games where you're just like, this team doesn't even to be have home ice at this point to be honest i mean they're well that was that was basically the nutshell of last weekend right yeah it uh it was you look at the first lake state game and it was a disaster and then they recovered and looked very good it's they're a very inconsistent team let's put it that way i think i think you're right there with michigan tech in the same boat where we feel like the but then for you guys i think it's more a matter of you know, whether or not you outscore somebody most nights, whereas Tech, it's like we just need to get that third goal and we're going to win and we're, you know, we're losing 2-1 or 3-2. Uh, whereas Northern, it seems like they, you know, they're either winning f- with five goals or they're losing without. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a pretty safe assessment. It's uh, There was a problem at the start of the year because they score so many goals and then, but the other team would also score a lot of goals. And Patoni said, you know, we can't keep thinking that, oh, we're going to just score five, six goals a night because it's just impossible to keep, you know, that kind of pace. So it's just, they're, they're a weird team this year. I, weird weird is probably my favorite way to describe this season, I think. Uh, Brian, you said you've been there for six years now, right? Um, I... In September, it'll be a full six, so I'm going okay. on six. Years. All right, cool. So six years, you've been you've been there long enough. Did you did you report on Tim getting kicked out of the <laughs> last game that we went to there? <laughs> no, uh, I, don't that think, make, I don't that think that, that got that reported make the on unless there was stats just about how many people got kicked out of that game. I was included, <laughs> but 
Wow, Tim, I didn't know you got kicked out of the, the arena. Yeah, oh. the, the, the WCHA championship game with, what, one minute and a half left? We Dustin and I... Oh, I, was, I think it was less than that. It was, was it? Well, when was the last... Minute, when was the empty net goal scored? Because it was after that, when it was clearly we're going to win because we're not yeah, giving think, up two goals. But I, I think it was like 40 seconds left or yeah, something Yeah, so like I that. stood up yeah. with like 40 seconds left to record the end of the game with my phone and not be blocked by other people. And mm-hmm. a guy, what, three, four rows behind us... We were sitting right. what a row or two behind. I think the... it was. I think it was the, like the row directly behind us. Was it? I thought it was further because yeah. I felt like I was yelling further than that. No, you were yelling right into his face, and he was right behind us. No, it's at least two rows. Because it was at like eye level when I was standing, so I'm guessing it was two rows behind us, not the row immediately behind us, but the row behind that. Okay, okay. Well, that, that might be. be. And uh, so, like I... in the. Te- Section no, we where? we won tickets from a contest online. Um, okay. So we were sitting like two rows behind the guy that's got like the bell. Oh, okay. So we stood up to record the end, and some guy told us to sit down, and I told him there's 30 seconds left if you want to see the game stand up, and I was like yelling at him, turning red in the face because I thought it was stupid that anybody would tell me to sit down at that point in the game. We were very, very, very well behaved the entire game. We were. It was 30 seconds left, and it's like we wanted to stand. Yep. We were very well behaved because we were kind of by ourselves. There were maybe, what, four other tech fans in our whole section. Yeah, there were a few others around us. And we stood up, and the guy got mad at us, so I was yelling at him to, like, basically telling him to shut up. I'm not going to listen to you. And then a cop came down and basically told me to shut up, and I thought he was stupid, so I basically told him so, and he kicked me out and told me if I came back in, I'd spend the night in jail. Dustin managed to shut up when the cop yelled at us. I I was also angry and was, was not happy about the whole situation, but when I saw the cops starting walking down the, the aisle... I um, turned around and sat down <laughs> and let Tim continue to yell. I don't. Did you sit down? I know you turned around, but well, I, don't I, I don't think I sat down. I turned around and just kind of disengaged you did, from the you situation. You didn't engage the cop like I did because the cop And then was I didn't talk to the prick, cop because so. the cop wasn't mad at me because I wasn't the one screaming in the other nope. guy's face. Nope. And I was the sober and one. So he, yeah, he ignored me. Yeah, I, I was not sober. I don't do well um, with stupid and both the person yelling at me and the cop were being stupid so i made sure they were aware of it and that got me well i was completely on your side i just wanted to see the celebration (laughs) yep you got you got to be in the giant celebration photo i got to watch it on my phone from outside the door like a sad puppy looking in through the door (laughs) yeah and unless my ex-wife listens she'll never find out that ever happened (laughs) do you control the edit button i do and I don't care if she knows now, whatever. Yeah, that's that. I mean, the misfits have had to deal with that for years over there, where you stand up, everyone gets sad. It's part of why the arena has no damn atmosphere. You guys or don't like want to cheer for anything. Yeah, or the noisemaker stuff, even in our own rink against them, right? Right. Heaven, yeah. heaven forbid anybody actually makes noise at the library on campus over there. That's that's Grandpa Joe. He can't handle it, right? Or Grandpa yeah. Tony? Why did I say <laughs> Grandpa Joe? Grandpa Tony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly still surprised that that we're going into the last weekend and Tech has a chance to like finish above Northern. What if they somehow sweep, they get to 20 wins, and it just doesn't. I, I mean, I haven't watched Northern much, but it doesn't feel like we're that close. But you know, some days we are. So I don't know it. And we've swept Northern so far. The you know the first home and home. So it's quite the interesting season. I mean. From a tech fan perspective, you just look at that last month and go, if we could have just won one more game in that in the last eight, you know since Arizona State when we split all those series, maybe the one against Huntsville, but just a suggestion. The one, any of them, it doesn't matter. So Brian, is is the game really sold out? Um, from what I heard, yeah, it's sold out. The only tickets that are available, what I heard, is just for students right now. Okay. So if the students don't take all their tickets, there might be some available on Wednesday, I heard. Yeah, I think Wednesday is the day. Okay. Um, I, I, I like it when it's full. I mean, since I've been covering the team, the only games I've seen that are sellouts have been the Tech games and then the Michigan State games earlier in the season. So okay. <laughs> it, it, I love it when Tech comes to town. So. 
No, it makes for a great atmosphere. I mean, that championship game was was a blast to be at. And you, you, the lack of scoring even didn't bring it down that much to me. I thought it was a pretty ruckus crowd for most of the game, you, probably till that second goal when it when it became clear that one team was going to win. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love to see for the next however many years, you know, two, three, four, five years, ten years, for Tech and Northern to both be you know, top four in the conference and just battle it out every year. How much fun would that be for all of those games? How much fun is it going to be if they play this weekend and next weekend? Yeah, that would be If great. they play two weekends in a row, I think, uh, I think I might be trying to get back home. <laughs> well, home in air quotes to Marquette for the playoff stuff. If we, if they don't do the same ticket BS thing again. Yeah. I kind of doubt they will for, well, yeah, I doubt they will for a series when there's enough, I don't know, who knows. It'll be interesting to see what they do try and do. There would be the second, well, it'll be the second one in a year where one of my teams is having a big series when I'm in in Europe. Europe. (laughs) Yeah. I just love the fact that the standings have gummed their way up so much that this last weekend makes such a difference. It makes for an exciting end of the year. Nothing is certain yeah. at all from I mean, top the only to thing bottom. That, and then the, the most – basically for Tech to host the playoff series, playoff status puts it at 15% chance of them hosting right now. And yet, I mean, it, part of it's because of the opponents for Bowling Green and Alaska, but all Tech needs to do is find a way to sweep, which isn't easy, obviously – and then they need Ferris or Huntsville to win one game. That's it. Yep. Yeah, it's a cluster. And the only the only team that's not playing for something at this point, besides, you know, another win to get to three, is Huntsville. You know, everybody has a chance to move in the standings. No, this Lake weekend. State can't move. They're seventh. They can't. Okay, they can't get paid. Yeah. Okay. So I guess they can't. We have the tiebreaker over them. They're stuck. We got the tiebreaker. Okay. Yep. They can technically tie for six, but they can't be six seed in the tournament. Gotcha. So. So okay, seventh is decided, and tenth seventh is decided. Yeah. So you know that's that's still a huge amount of the league can move, which I think is. I, I love this format of not everybody goes to the playoffs. I wish it had been put in a long time ago. Yeah, it makes sense for me for the, the conferences with over eight to do this. Yep. So, Petoni, Petoni's done some pretty dang good things at Northern over the last few years. There's no denying the success that they've had. And, you know, really, he's revived the program, right? I would say pretty much, yeah. What is your feeling in Marquette? On do do you think that there is a kind of an uneasy dread that he is going to be leaving? And I say this because I feel like this was kind of underlying the last several years of when Mel was in in Houghton. Everybody knew it was you know everybody was happy about it. Everybody kind of knew in the back of their mind that Mel was going to leave. So I'm just curious if that same kind of phenomenon is happening in Marquette. I think the one thing that kind of underscores that a little bit differently, maybe from a dread perspective, is that Mel was going for Red's place, who had been there forever, and you knew he was going to retire. Do do we have that same feeling with Motsko over at Minnesota? No, we don't have that. Right. You don't have the clear destination at the moment like you did there but I don't I don't foresee Patalny being somebody that retires at Northern you know he's when there's an NCHC or Big Ten job and and he continues to do well at Northern I feel like he's going to be involved whether or not he goes I don't know it depends on timing and all that stuff but I also don't know how, how much does did Patoni get any kind of extension, or is next year is last year right now? I don't even. He did get one last year, didn't he? He got an eight-year extension. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, he got a big extension. <laughs> that's that's not an extension. That's uh, that's absurd. Yeah. Does that include so it's gonna, a? It's going to take a big investment to pull him away from Northern. I mean, it's obvious that Northern is you know they want him to stay for a while, which they should. I mean, after what he's done. Yeah. So it's just, but but we've seen this in the past where one of these, if a Big Ten school or even North Dakota or Denver or one of these NCHC schools, if they want to throw money around, they can do it. You know. Yeah. I think the only I think there was a brief sense of dread when Lucia retired. At yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, you know, Grant's an alum of Minnesota. Some people saw him. Maybe they're gonna, you know the Gophers are going to go after him because you know he was Lucia's assistant coach. But I think as soon as they hired Motsko, I think it became pretty clear that he was most likely going to come back and get an extension. And I think he's happy here. Um, I don't like, um, I can't remember which one of you guys said it, but I, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a lifer here. I don't think he's going to spend the rest of his days in Northern. I'm sure if, you know, a big 10 job or something like that would probably open up. I'm sure. Well, the big one up. I'm thinking of right now would be Notre Dame, wouldn't it? Or I mean, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I suppose. I, I, well, Grant has a, a well-known dislike for Wisconsin. So I don't think... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, being in charge know? is still one thing. Bob, I don't... Johnson, Bob Johnson went to the Minnesota, right? So it's, it wouldn't be the first time. The bigger question would be, does he have a problem with Alvarez? So maybe he doesn't go there until Alvarez is gone kind of thing. Yeah. Well, anybody that's sane has a problem with Alvarez. <laughs> Unless they're just a football fan. Yeah. So, I'm going to get right into one of our questions since it fits right in with the whole NMU tech rivalry here. Patrick Coro asked, What are your top five favorite moments during the home-and-home home series between these two teams over the last decade? Anybody got a favorite moment? We can just start with that. Well, I mean, is there really any other better moment than... Uh watching the entire arena empty out and have us celebrating in the corner after beating them in the final. No. I I, I don't think you can top that. That's one that's that's got to be top 5 of my tech hockey memories overall total, not just this series. Yeah, I'll always that remember was watching that on my phone. Fantastic to be there in person. <laughs> Especially after all the crap trying to get tickets, trying to organize misfits to get tickets, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then to, you know, get a pair of my I think you know, it was that's just that was a ton of fun. I, I like that game, you know, just because I was covering it. I just enjoyed the atmosphere. I mean, I I haven't. I mean, the tech games and the northern games are always fun, but just everybody seems so excited, and it was loud pretty much the majority of the game. And uh, everybody, like you guys said earlier, everybody seemed to be really into it until that second goal was scored, and then it was kind of conclusion was already written and. You know, then the Huskies got to celebrate. So. The, the whole town was into it. We saw that before the game. When we, right. to, we went out to eat before the game. We stopped at you know, one of the bars before the game. Yeah, we ate at the Veerling, didn't we? We ate at the Veerling, and then we stopped at one of the bars on the way to the arena. I don't, yep. I don't know, but everywhere we went, everybody was just locked into that game and we walked in with tech jerseys and everybody booed us and that kind yeah. of thing and, it, and then they shook our hands and like oh let me buy you a beer because you know this is so, this is so great this is awesome that the UP teams playing for the championship and it was a very unique atmosphere where it was for for a majority of the people it, it was oh, I want I hate you guys. I want you guys to lose. I want your team to lose. But at the same time, it was just like, like a celebration. It was fun. It was even you know before and after the game. For the most part, everybody that we ran into in Marquette that weekend was was gracious and 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 you know really welcoming. And everybody was just you know kind of celebrating the the, the whole thing because it was it was really quite a quite a game. It wasn't a game where it was, you know, a ton of penalties and bad flow. 
there was only four penalties all game long, and it was just good up and down hockey all game. Yeah, wasn't the first whistle like four minutes in or something? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I remember it being really long because you know the Misfits do that chant to start, and I just remember like, or maybe it was there was a really quick whistle, and then there wasn't one for like six more minutes or something. But no, it that that was a good hockey game all the way around to watch. You know, very enjoyable, very up and down. I just remember that at one point after the game was already over, I, I think it was probably at one of the bars that we were at celebrating. Um, this older guy in a northern Jersey came up to me and he like, like shook my hand. He's like, oh, congratulations, guys. I wish that we were in the NCAA tournament, but if there's any other team that I won't want either, it's you guys. It's us UP. We need to stick together or, or something like that. Well, that's, like, I, I thought that just kind of encompassed the whole like spirit of the day. I know you guys, you, you know, none of you guys are actually from the UP originally, but that's really common with high school sports in the UP. Uh, whenever, whenever a sports team goes downstate for a state championship, you know, the St. Ignace police meets them at the bridge. Almost every team that comes back across the bridge will get escorted by St. Ignace through town as they come back to the UP. So. That's, That's cool. one of those I things that, that it's it's really common in the UP. There's that whole you know spirit of the UP, and as much as I hate Northern, if they're in the NCAA's, I'll I'll root for the Green and Gold once in a while, I guess. But you know that's a it's it's I might not want them to win the championship, but they can go win in the first <laughs> round. Well, they can win one right. championship. No, it, if they win, a, if they're going for another one, then I'm yeah, we don't want them to pass us. They can have two. They can't have three. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But no, it's uh, yeah, like I was happy for Duluth to win the first one, but now it's just getting ridiculous, right? Oh God! If they win again, if they win again, I might have to <laughs> take a year off of college hockey just because. Not to hurt Biddy's feelings when he listens. <laughs> if he's still listening, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have any moments. That's I got a second moment, and this one isn't a good moment for Tech. Auntie Toivon and scoring a goal on us was fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a moment. That's for sure. That was. It, it is cool to see a goalie goal. I don't like seeing it against us because that was also during that whole streak where we were terrible on the extra attacker moments, right? I believe you're correct. Because that was the season where we went like over on extra attacker goals and gave up like yep. six empty netters. When you're getting calls from family members who have seen Michigan Tech hockey or people you know from the internet, like, we saw your team on the news. The goalie scored against them. I'm like, yeah, yep. thanks. Yeah, that made it on ESPN. Yep. I don't really have a moment myself. Nothing really sticks out to me as a specific moment of this decade. All the moments I have are from the decade before. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> that is stick probably, out. the one that I have is probably the decade before. We talked about this a week ago or a couple weeks ago, but it was Jordan Foote getting his ass pounded. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun to watch. Yeah. I guess the biggest thing that sticks out to me is how how good Michigan Tech has done against Northern since they joined conferences. I um, think there's a moment right there. The team's actually getting to be conference foes again. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know, having the the games have always meant something, right? But now they really mean something. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, that's it's, that's a, it's been that's a, lot a big of deal. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, we lost we lost a conference foe close by in Duluth, but we get you know we get uh, we get Northern back. I, I'm okay with that. It was also nice to see earlier this year Northern fans actually traveling to Houghton. Yeah, definitely that. You know, the, the Puckheads actually bought, brought a big group of, of fans up and, and up for the McGinnis. That, and that's what makes it fun, you know? Yeah, I, for I would sure. Love, I would love to see big tech contingents at the Berry and then Northern coming right back and getting as many people as they can into the McGinnis. Right. Yeah. That's what makes a rivalry great. That, it's that kind of you know back and forth. That's- I enjoy watching games almost more in a in a small group or in a group of people at an away game than I do going home and watching games at home. Because if you have a group of like 10 guys or so, 10, 10 people or so, as an away fan that, you know, knows some chants, knows some cheers, you can have a ton of fun in an away rink. Yeah, it's 
it's been fun i mean so yeah like the to me i guess my highlight is just the fact that tech has the like over the last decade tech has the series they've won 19 lost 13 and tied three including you know the playoff game i actually thought it would have been closer than that they won what two four six in a row from october 2015 to April or to February 2017. Hmm. That was right when Tech was peaking and Northern was kind of going into a little bit of a downturn, so that makes sense. Ryan, do you have a, a moment of the rivalry? Well, the the moments for me is I, uh, well, this is more of a joke with me, is that the last game for the first, I think, Three years I covered the team. The very last game that I covered each season was lost to Michigan Tech. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a fun little streak. So when that finally ended and Northern made the playoffs and played at home, it was kind of like, hey, <laughs> we you know as things have changed. But uh, yeah, probably the championship game, you know, of course, in Marquette, that's probably the big one. And, and uh, just I don't. Um, the Tolvin and Gold, of course, you guys mentioned that. Um, but for me, it's it's just being around that atmosphere. I went to school at North Dakota, you know, where college hockey is king and every atmosphere is loud. And uh, so coming to Northern my first year and having, you know, the arena be half empty, that was something that was new to me. So, But that changed for the Tech games. So just... The change of atmosphere is my favorite thing, I think, so far. Yeah, we bring the noise. That's what we do. So from from watching, you know, the Northern Tech Series, like I said, they, they, had, they brought a big fan contingent. Have the Puckheads managed to pick things up a little bit this year in terms of students at the home games? You know, they're getting pretty good crowds. The student section is uh, pretty loud there. And, uh, um, I guess apparently he was nationally recognized as one of the best student sections in the nation. <laughs> so, I, and that's a sense. Of, that's a, a huge sense of pride in the arena, you know. So, I don't. Um, I don't know if it was deserved per se, but I think it's good for them to get pride and, and build on that in some way. I, I figured that uh, that award would get a chuckle out of you guys. <laughs> no, it got a chuckle when it came out. That's for sure. Yeah. Part of it too is I, I haven't had a chance to go to some of the other ones that um that made that list. Um and I don't know how much you ever got to go around um before you got here or anything like that, but it it is funny watching reading that list and and you know some of the guys pointed out clearly that you know I don't know anything about Yost or Mun or anything, but the Michigan students with the children of Yost or whatever deserve to be on that list but i've never been to that arena but if we were making that list in like 2006 the the crease creatures in madison are number one from everything i've ever seen oh the cre- the crease creatures when the, when they were full the crease creatures were amazing yeah and it wasn't even close right no i have never been anywhere in my life and this has probably been on three podcasts now i don't know anymore but i've never <laughs> been anywhere in my life as a visiting fan that has been more intimidating than the Civ chant on like goal three against your team, you know, like when they get rolling on that chant in that building and everybody's doing it and they're led by the crease creatures, there's nothing more intimidating that I've ever seen anywhere because it's all in sync. Like the, the Gophers love their spelling and the whole state of Minnesota loves their spelling, but it's really hard for that to be in sync and be intimidating like the, the Civ chant is in, in Madison. But it I haven't was, seen that in years. Was. Was. You, you mean, I don't even think they could go back to doing it again. You mean holding holding the uh, a spelling bee in an arena doesn't strike fear into the opposing team? Well, even if you were in sync, it just it's well, it's hard to just be like have that 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 intimate yeah just that rhythm of that chant was so yeah. good well um, and the other thing too is when you'd be there in your jersey in a sea of red and you'd be like the the little speck of like four tech fans right <laughs> cuz you couldn't get a ton of seats together you know there wasn't an organized misfits section or any of that kind of thing so you'd be smattered all over the arena and you literally have the entirety of the goal ce- goal center at some point will start pointing at you and chanting. 
Yeah. So on the topic of NMU and tech, let's go ahead and do my trivia question and see if I made this too difficult. (laughs) So keeping with our tradition of our trivia being about the last decade, from January 2010 through December 2019, how many game-winning goal scorers can you name in the Tech Northern series? Well, that's hard. Oh. Oh. (sighs) This is going to be tough. There are one, two, three, four, five, six guys who scored two game winners. And I will give you credit if you get a goal that was credited as a game-tying goal, but I'm not going to hold you guys to that one. That's <laughs> and we're, we're, we're doing... <laughs> when are we starting this shindiggery? So, first series hey, this year quit counts, Googling, right? Rob. Right. Quit Googling, Rob. Right. Yes, the first I'm series not... this year counts. For, okay. Every Tech Northern game from January 2010 through today counts because they haven't played in 2020 yet. So, Rob, you want to go first? Sure. I think Goats scored one of the ones at the end of this year, right? Yep. Goats scored the game winner in the last game they played. And and now it's a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin? I have no idea, but I'm just going to go with the odds here, and I'm going to say Patan, Alex Patan. Yes, Alex bitch, Patan. That was my second guess. Alex Patan got one <laughs> back in. Where is it here? In March 2016. Ryan, you got a guess? You have the advantage of knowing the NMU players for the last yeah, six I've, years. I have no clue on Northern at all. <laughs> I'm gonna, was Darian Craighead one of them? Yep. He had one back in February 2018. Okay. Rob? I'm, I'm going to stick with recent and uh, I'll guess Halenin's had one? Halenin's had one? Yep. Brian, Brian Halenin had the other game winner this season. Dustin? <laughs> Tanner Carroll. Tanner Carroll is on there. Where is he? Yep, he's got two. Son of a bitch. Quick guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's literally going down the tech top goal scorers this, <laughs> this decade. It, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> no, I know. It's just pissing me off. He's hit twice. <laughs> yeah. I got to think one of them is Troy Loggins. Uh, Troy Loggins also has two. Uh, Lesperance? Joel Lesperance has one. All right, Dustin, now what do you got for your top scorers? (laughs) Blake Piedela? Yep, he's got one. Not the goalie. (laughs) Ryan? How about uh, Vincent DeMay? Yep, he's got one. One of the he, you got the last two guys to score game winners for Northern. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the modern. <laughs> Actually, you've got the last four game winners for Northern. You've got the three guys that scored so far. I don't remember if he had the empty netter if if he had the first one, but Wrightmeyer scored in the championship game. Yep, he got the game winner. Les Brown's got the empty netter in that one. Dustin, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Northern. This is hard. You're gonna go with oh who? Oh my god! I was gonna, I was gonna pick a northern player, but I don't know if he scored. There's one. There's mm. one. There's one more current tech player. Current tech player? No. Otherwise, I think everybody else is gone. Yeah. I don't know why, but. For some reason, I think I, I, I have this name in my head that he scored a game winner against Tech at some point. And it might be completely wrong, but I'm going to say Philip Ballou. Yeah, he's not on there. But that he, he, he's a, he played for Northern, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's been annoying. Is he, is he still playing, or was he a senior last year? 
He's a senior this year, so, so yeah, he's he's upperclassman from, from Duluth yeah. East, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for some, it must not have been a game-winning goal or for some reason. Or he assisted on it or something. I don't know. Yeah. So whatever. All right, Ryan. Um. Joe Hardy is he on that list? Joe Hardy. Uh, Yes. Nardi. Joe Nardi, Nardi is on the list, yes. So now you've got the last five game winners for Northern. You've only got three more guys that scored since you've been working there. <laughs> <laughs> Most of their wins, like they have half as many wins, or almost half of their wins came before you got there for this decade. Does Baltus have one? He does have one. Look at you. I'm, I'm, I, it's been guesses for the last like two or three. Yeah, you're still missing two guys that have a pair of game winners. Uh, Ryan. Um, same suit, maybe? Yeah, you're going right back in order. Look at that. I'm going, <laughs> I'm trying to remember each year. Now, now you got a big gap. Because, <laughs> because the, the next time somebody won is, October 2015 before Shane Sue. <laughs> October 2015. I gotta think now. Yeah. All right. Uh, does Jackson have one? Nope. No win. No game winner for Jake Jackson. Oh, one more name for Ryan to win. Yeah. Now Ryan's got to get one to win, or we go back again. Hmm. Oh boy, these are tough. Um, this is a really good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, this trivia stuff has been super entertaining. I don't know how entertaining it is for other people to listen to, but it's been tons of fun to play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this. All right, I got a guess, and I might. This might be wrong, but uh, I think my parents were at that win. Um, that last win. So, John Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Victory. It's, it probably helps that only one person was really guessing Wait, the northern on. players. Are we are, are we tied now or no? No, no, no. no. He, gets, he, he just beat you. He just beat oh, you. So you finished second again. I was I was going to guess the Johnstone. Nope. John, neither Johnstone did. Neither Johnstone did? Nope. The two guys that had a pair of goals for Tech are Jake Lucchini and Justin Son of a Misiak. bitch. That was my toss-up between... <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the northern guy, which goes back really far to 2011 and 2012, is Eric Higby. He's the other guy that's got... Oh, and the, oh, I missed another guy that's got two. I kind of spaced on him. Shane Hanna had two game winners and a game-tying goal. So. Yeah, I don't think I was going to get any of those. <laughs> well, Lucini, yeah, I, I, I should have. Yeah, thought of. Lucini would have been a good guess. And Missyak's somebody that you guys should have remembered since he won two games in 2018. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I don't remember the last time Missyak scored, so. I do enjoy the trivia tie-in with the guest as well. That, that, was, that was good work. Well, it helps that we've played a lot. It makes it easier. You know? Yeah. So now the other thing to get to is... The lovely news release that we all got to read on Monday morning. Hold on, let oh me go back. Oh boy! Let me go back in the wayback machine to look at this website that was and, put oh, out it, in 1992. Wait, wait. Let me let me introduce this segment. Yeah, there we go. It's coming up on the screen now. Finally. Tim has now lost all chance and possibility of getting an interview with Kirk now. I have no comment because I'm applying for this job. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ryan, I'm sure you got a chance to read that lovely release this morning. Yes, I did. It basically validates everybody that said we were going backwards by taking the name. Oh, boy. Taking back the CCHA name instead of going in a new direction. I just clicked around on the website, and um, 
I don't know how I got to this page, but if you click the search thing... Oh, it doesn't work. It crashes. No, it works. It loads after a while. <laughs> oh, it does? No, mine crashed. It has it, Ipsum Dolor in there. It says what? Ipsum Dolor, the Latin like copy filler stuff, oh. is literally the top thing on the page. Oh, there it is. Yep. <sighs> what is that font called or whatever? It's not a font. It's like when you need copy, when you need copy to test out a website or test out a page layout or anything like that, you grab this story from I don't know what, Lorem Ipsum. It's Okay. It's some Latin thing you use for copy. To, I don't know, maybe you know more there Ryan where this comes from, but <laughs> Good stuff. I I just love it cuz there, you know, oh between the goodness. between the way the website looks in general, the whole fact that the way they describe the position makes makes it sound like whoever the commissioner is is also going to be the head of the refs. What? I don't know if you've read it that way, but that's how I read it. I said it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> and then the whole little uh, spiel on the how to apply page where we must submit our, our uh, application to CCHA commissioner search at yahoo.com and that it's highly recommended that attachments be submitted as word documents or pdfs it's it's just uh i don't know it's sad i don't have a problem with you know attach your things in a format that's readable whatever just the site comes across do you need to say that like if it's not readable it just gets rejected like i don't know it just (sighs) yeah well yeah if you don't know enough to attach your stuff as pdfs uh you don't get the job (laughs) right but the whole yahoo.com, like the fact that Dr. Kurtz went out of his way to pay for cchasearch.com but can't take the next step and spend a little bit more to set up the, the email forward to have it be commissioner search at cchasearch.com or something is just sad. I don't even want to justify having a separate domain for this. You're the CCHA. You have cchacom BG has the domain. There's no reason why this isn't on an actual CCHA branded page. It should be on commissioner.ccha.com or jobs.ccha.com or something. It makes no sense at all. Come over to the gate looking professionally. Just post it on one of the university's websites. Like they're opening open positions on one of the, like Bowling Green's web open positions. And then post it on like national public sites like exist you can do the ccha.com website and then have a link that goes to indeed or monster or what like whatever you want to choose and have it like a legit resume site there isn't a single image on this entire web page no it's just text and it's oh i don't know it just validates everybody's feelings about the or everybody who didn't like the name choice because it feels like we're going backwards and the whole I mean the whole reason I played that audio is cuz it feels like we're going backwards and this is 1997 or 2007 and this website's built to be read on on a dial-up modem. It's sad. Yeah, it, you know it it'll format perfectly on my flip phone. On your flip phone? Okay, Brent. <laughs> Nobody else will get that one, but whatever. Biddy will. Biddy will. Biddy will. We'll have one listener that gets that <laughs> reference. Any thoughts, Ryan? Uh, well, I'm looking at the site again, and it's just, it, it's really, like you said, it's really sad. I mean, this is the kind of site that, you know, when you were in, like, high school you know trying to google stuff and trying to find i mean like it looks like well, I, I compared it to like an angel fire site from way back in the day like yeah. i'm surprised there isn't like a a gif of some of some dude shooting a hockey puck across the screen or something see no if if they had actually done that and like thrown it back to an old 90s website and done it on purpose that would have been gold yeah like i suppose but I don't feel like that's what's happened. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, are you guys going to put in your apps? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm working are. on it. Yeah, I'm working on mine. I got to update the resume, though. 
at the very least, I can surely expect that there's going to be something discussing our application on April 1st this year. <laughs> well, here's the question. If you were to be the commissioner, what would you act, what would you be your first move? Hire a website developer. I would fire the person that made that website. <laughs> in, in seriousness, I think first move as, as a commissioner has to be to set some actual guidelines for for video broadcasts it's bigger than it's it's bigger than just setting guidelines for video broadcasts it is putting League together in an entire a marketing package plan for marketing yes it's yeah, that, it's, that's... it's it's every way that this league is being portrayed to the public and that includes streaming it includes twitter and facebook and the whole social media uh, image that they have it is just getting you know some coherent plan in place on how the league is getting marketed and how the, the product is getting distributed to the fans now that said i i do like the wcha twitter this year i think they've done a really good job the current wcha the wch after dark stuff that they've come up with is fantastic big fan of that i think that's done really well this year I agree. I think I think that I think WCHA on Twitter is is good. I don't think there's any problem there. I think it's the I think as a whole package you can improve on it, but I think the biggest problem to me is just the the price point of the of Flow Hockey and then the product quality that you're getting for that price point as a WCHA fan. Yep, agreed. That piece right there is is frustrating. You pay a lot of money for what ends up being some pretty poor quality video broadcasts at times. Ryan, do you typically travel, or are you watching on Flow Hockey most road uh, weeks? If, if they're on the road, I'm I'm watching on Flow Hockey. Okay. Um. So, uh, we we can't really afford to travel anywhere. I suppose. Paper. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I most of the time Flow's been pretty good. Um. But every once in a while, oops like the whole picture and uh it it's kind of messed up so um i'm hoping they get a good streaming service you know with the new ccha well, they stick, you know my concern is that the problem isn't whoever's doing the app or whatever i feel like it's maybe i'm wrong but i feel like most of it falls on the lack of investment or pride in general from the people producing at the schools because I, cause I feel like we've had this issue the whole time. I mean, part of the reason that we complain about it is the, you know, the lack of graphics. That comes from the schools not doing that. The the fact that, like, Ferris's uh, clock is not tied to the actual scoreboard clock is, is an artifact of their situation. You know, the, the netting in Alaska or in Anchorage looks terrible. That's more, that's the school you know, obviously they won't be in the CCHA. And I, I do feel like a lot of it from a tech fan standpoint, especially when I'm watching home games and road games, unlike a lot of people, is tech sets a pretty high bar and takes pride in what they're doing and knows when to use the other camera angles and most of the other schools don't. And, you know, like Huntsville's, camera is fine but like the white balance is off half the time on the big the main feed and or the main camera and then bowling green's producers seem to love the low angle at the wrong time um i don't know there basically there's something i could probably say about all of them i mean everybody needs to figure out how to separate the on-screen graphic that plays after goals and whatever from regular play and tech's guilty of this too you got play going on and there's a picture of some dude on your screen instead. There is nothing that frustrates me more than missing puck drops after goals. That drives me nuts. And almost every school is guilty of that. Yeah. The whole, the whole fact that most of them are just taking their, their jumbotron feed and just pumping it out instead of yep. producing well, no, a second feed for specifically for fans watching on the feed is it's a few... where I draw fault with the price point. So on to predictions. Let's 
let's just do the NMU series and then let's just all kind of do a prediction on what we think the final standings will be. Uh, Dustin, you want to go first on Tech Northern? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will say that it's going to be a split. I think that it's going to be two very close games. And just for the dramatic, I think Tech wins the uh, Friday night game. So it goes into Saturday night with a chance of getting home ice. And Northern wins it late. Okay. How about we go with Ryan next? Okay. Um, I think Northern wins Friday um, simply because they know that they're hanging their <laughs> their home ice hopes are kind of hanging on like barely. So I think there's that uh, extra motivation to get the job done. But I think what happened. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but uh, Grandpa Tony insisted that they're going to be at home in the first round of the playoffs. So, I well, everybody knows Grandpa doesn't lie. <laughs> I uh, but yeah, so that's what I'm basing on is uh, I think they're gonna win Friday, but I think Tech wins Saturday, and um, I think it's gonna be very close. I think it's gonna be two good games. So I just wish I could be up there on Saturday. So okay, Rob. Well, last week's theme was staying positive, right? Yep. I'm gonna go. Contrary to Dustin and Ryan, just for the heck of being contrary, everything's going to line up perfect. Huntsville's winning two games this weekend, sweeping, making sure Bowling Green stays down. Tech's going to sweep, and Alaska splits with Anchorage, and uh, and the McGinnis sees a few more, a few more games this year. That's what I'm going with. All right, it's going to be a split. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to take the tech sweep, but I don't think they're going to get the help they need. So I think they finish fifth. They had a northern and they end up going to Bowling Green, I think it would be. Right? Is that right? Who has the tiebreaker between Bowling Green and Alaska? You guys know? I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's Alaska. I think right. So I think we got a pretty good chance of seeing both Alaska and Bowling Green sweep this weekend. Very good chance. Just, just, a, just a slight chance. <laughs> just, just a little. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe Huntsville's gonna bounce back from last weekend, from the rest of this year. <laughs> well, I do think there's a chance that Alaska finds a way, loses one of those games to Anchorage, just because of the rivalry nature of that one. Yeah, but I just don't feel like Huntsville has much of a chance against Bowling Green. No, agreed completely. We we missed out on our chance to be able to catch Bowling Green with. Huntsville or with Ferris not finding a way last Saturday. Yep, I agree with you. I, when we when we saw the schedule of what of what Bowling Green had to finish the season out, I think everybody expected uh, Bowling Green to make the jump up to home ice, given that they have the you know four easiest games. You not not the easiest games possible, I guess, in the conference with Ferris being down there too. But well, I, at least at least the fact that they're going to jump Tech because which they already did, I guess now, but. The, and stay there because if Northern gets a win here, they can't jump Northern. Right. All right. So moving on to standings, who's gonna who's gonna finish number one? Mankato. Yeah, I gotta go with Mankato too. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time believing Bemidji State sweeps that, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they get the split again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a split. One, I think a split really solidifies up Bemidji's power, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. I would imagine that that'll put them in a really good spot for an at-large bid. Yeah. Which is good to see. I, I I'm glad as a conference, we've got two teams that will be making it in most likely at this point as at-large bids. Yep. Regardless of how the tournament goes. Yep. So then, who's third? I, I'm gonna say Bowling Green. Okay. I I struggle to think they don't they don't pick up to the sweep this weekend. Yeah, I I guess the I don't I guess I don't know the tiebreakers, but yeah, I yeah. If Bowling Green sweeps, are they th- are they guaranteed third? Because I don't think case, so. I'm picking them. No, no, there's no guarantee a third because Northern, you know, if Northern wins one game, well, they they're no not one, even Northern's guaranteed third with a win. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Bowling Green has a tiebreaker over Alaska either. If it's just the two of them tied, I'm going to take Northern third. Yeah. Um. I'm going to take Alaska third. 
Yeah, I think there's a really good chance Alaska wins their both their games this weekend too. Well, I mean, they're playing, so yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think there's a really good chance of that. Happens. Yeah. So if Northern doesn't, well, I guess I don't know the tiebreaker there, but if Northern doesn't get any kind of win this weekend and maybe goes to overtime one time, then Alaska sweeps, they would be third, I believe. Yeah. Alaska, if they were to sweep and Northern doesn't get, um, only get one, then Alaska would move into third. So if the head-to-head games are both ties, what's the next option? (laughs) For tiebreaker, do you know? Because Alaska only played uh, Alaska and Bowling Green only played one series this year, and they were both ties. If they only played twice, it doesn't count for anything. They have to play four okay. times yeah. for it to matter. Head head to head is not a tiebreaker in that case. Head to head is gotcha. only a tiebreaker if you've played four times. So then, what's the next one down? I think it's conference winning percentage. So then it would go to have whoever had more uh, wins. Conference or a better win winning percentage? percentage, which would be Alaska. Yeah, Alaska's got Alaska has one more tie, so they have one less loss. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they're tied because they got one less shootout win. Shootout win, correct? Yeah, yep. that's the how the points break. I down. think so. If Tech, Northern Alaska, and Bowling Green all finish tied at forty-seven, I'm pretty sure Tech is third. So what's our criteria for that happening? That can't happen, can it, it? It can happen. How? If Alaska and Bowling Green both get a win and lose in a shootout. Right, but for us to get... Oh, yeah. we Yeah, jeez. We'd all be tied at 47. What a mess that would be. That would be. <laughs> That'd be a fun time. Yeah. Then we just need Bemidji State to lose to Lake State, and then we would have uh, potentially two series at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Know, that, 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 that can happen. But like I said, it, it, makes for, it makes for a good, exciting weekend, the last weekend of hockey here with so much movement, with the whole middle of the pack being so tight. Yeah, it does. But it also just goes back to the fact that if you if you don't lose that three-on-three game to Bowling Green when we were sick and gave up that late tying goal, right? You take those two points and suddenly we're right there tied with Bowling Green and Alaska right now. Actually, we're ahead of Bowling Green because we'd take them from them, but you can also take, you know, I don't know, take a win against Ferris or a win against Huntsville or a win against Lake State. Any of those teams in that three, you know, that three-week stretch where we split everything and that's where you get frustrated as a tech fan that one more win puts them in the driver's seat for home ice and the third seed right now but that's the way it is ryan anything you want to talk about or plug before we get going on the outro here i guess uh just a plug um um i'm on twitter if you guys want to follow me um it's at ryan sieg um i tweet about hockey as much as i possibly can and um, and I just I'm I'm really glad I was on the show. This is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. First podcast I've actually been on, so this is cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Patreons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including our soon-to-be monthly recruiting mini-series. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. I'd also like to thank our three newest patrons one more time, Tom Leonard, Matt Todd, and Eric Jeske. Their support of the podcast helped us hit our goal of 20 patrons, and now we'll be starting in March with with doing our monthly recruiting mini-series. I'm already getting things lined up to interview Carson Bantle for the first episode Uh, If you want to hear that or the extended versions of the regular episodes, again, sign up at uh, patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. You can submit questions to our podcast through our email address, chasingmac at techhockeyguide.com. See how that works, CCHA? Or send voice message directly to or directly at anchor.fm slash chasingmacpod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. 
The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Please check out Jonathan's Zameda series previews every Friday and Mike Antleitner's Old Dog in Texas column every Wednesday. You can find all this and more at techhockeyguide.com. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRedlin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes. For all the bumpers on this week's episode, if you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. Americans.